You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Rock and roll. Got to put our got to put our seatbelt on. Andy's must not have his on yet. <laughs> probably not back to his little uh, little portico there. But what up there, Mister uh, World Traveler? Where are you where are you hiding? Back in Bilestock. It's nice to just just chill out. Last month has been quite crazy doing the traveling, but very exciting. Got a lot of vlog content. Um, Life is good. It's cold here in Poland, so I'm excited to get to Albania on the coast and, and relax. Hopefully, I don't uh, mess with the, the Albanian mafia like in the movie Taken, you know, one of your favorite movies. Yeah, that's just wonderful for a father to hear that you're <laughs> I hope you know more about that country than what just Taken has told us. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you keep doing it. I'm just putting taking my phone off here, so that's good. Keep it going. Keep exploring the areas. So, you like my background today? It's a little better than last time. I was looking at uh, the recording because um, I do the three clips a week. Everyone should check those clips out. Easy, digestible, and I, I looked like a goofball. My uh, seating arrangement, but now I got my camera back. My mic's on. I'm professional again. Yeah, it's hard doing the video. I remember when we were on the radio show, we. Actually, when you went to Colorado to play football, I'd have to do a lot of shows on the road. But they never caught me, you know, on camera. And, like, when we're doing these, it's like you're always got to be a little more presentable. The radio, we weren't uh, so pretty. And maybe that's the reason we were on the radio. We should think about that again. <laughs> maybe. Hey, the big thing, might as well just get right into it. When Andy gets here, we'll talk about uh, kind of what's happening in the market. But student loan forgiveness. A lot of people in my generation and older had the student loans. And uh, people are really wondering how this will affect the housing market. Will it make it better for everyone? Or what's going to be happening? Uh, I don't know. First of all, how is it going to affect the economy? Um, second of all, I don't think... $10,000 is going to do a lot for a lot of people. I don't know if that's going to reduce their payments. I mean, if it reduced their payments, that would be a, a different game altogether because you qualify based on what your, what your debt ratio is. And so how much monthly debt that you do have. So that would def that would help them. Hold on. We're going to take a little break for a second. We've got to find uh there's Andy, Andy. Woo. I think we lost uh, Chris. We were live for a little oh, bit. Wi-Fi went down, but how are you, you doing? Know what's funny? I, I was just going to say, maybe it's something across the cities because I've been sitting here for five minutes trying to get my log to roll. It just keeps scrolling, and, and uh, boy, technology is a, a best friend, you know, that never visits until you need it. And then uh, – <laughs> For the most part, uh, though, we never had something that technically difficult, but we'll roll with it. So we were just talking about yeah. – the student loan uh, or forgiveness act. And we're thinking, how is it going to affect uh, the real estate market? Well, you know, I think, have you heard more of the details? I, I kind of heard about it and I actually thought it was kind of a fairy tale. I mean, it'd be great if, if it could work and somebody could pay for it. And, you know, I just think what's going to happen is 
your your stuff at Target, your cheeseburgers, your whatever going to just cost you more. So it's just putting it on to somebody else. And if you consume goods, the companies that have to absorb that in a tax uh, burden, is what I'm guessing, will probably have to pass that along. So in a weird way, you're spreading it out. But in another way, I just think you're adding to the inflation problem by doing that. But um, I, obviously, I'm not president or I'm not somebody in charge and probably shouldn't be. So I, I probably don't know enough about it, you know, Nick, to really advise. But on the other hand, um, debt to income ratios, things like that, where all of a sudden housing, you have somebody, let's say, is burdened by, you know, 150 or 200,000 or sometimes even some of these surgeons are six, seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. That's a problem. And this $10,000 freebie gift isn't going to do anything for anybody. I, you know what I'm saying? What about like first time home buyers? I mean, that'd be a big dent to take away from their debt. No. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd be $10,000 less that they owe. So if you owe 280,000 in debt and they take 10,000 away, you know, you're going to owe 270,000 in debt. You're still screwed. You know what I mean? It's not like it's going to solve the problem, but for someone that's been paying their, I mean, my God, I've got some of my customers that have been into their 40s and they're still paying back their student debt. And, and that's the equation that I would ask any young person heading off to college. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you have a, uh, you know, a, a, what do they call that? Not a vocation, but, a, you know, something that draws you in. You, you sometimes have to just do the honest math because unless your family's wealthy and paying for your way through college, a lot of times it's easy to have kind of a mini business plan on, hey, here's what I'm going to incur for debt going through school. And here's what my potential is for earning power. Um, do I want to own a house? Do I want to have a family? Do I want to have a car? Put that into the equation and kind of make your game plan. And then you may decide, wow, this career might be more of a hobby for me. Um, I better focus on something that makes money so I can support myself and my family and get my personal goals done and then do that, whatever that is on the side. Um, but hey, man, I'm all for dreamers. I think they're great. They make the world a lot more fun. You're a dreamer too, Andy, no? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think that ultimately, but I have a real practical side of me, like, you know, that dreamer, I love to think big, I love to do those things. But then part of the reason, you know, I sit there and I go, you know, some of these crazy billionaires that are out there, and they, they have a dream, and they're willing to risk everything. I, I honestly think the last housing crisis, if you were to really look back at what scarred Andy Brasky, that scarred me. And, and I don't think I'll ever be the same. I'm kind of like that. The, the generation that lived through the depression and the eat your fat generation, right? And uh, you would eat that and they eat everything on their plate because they, they didn't know when their next meal is coming. I kind of have that still. Um, I save everything. I don't throw anything. I, I do. I say, I really do save everything. I'm not, I'm not cheap. Um, I'm, I just pay attention. You know what I mean? Beautiful. I, until like you, my friend. Yeah. Until we get um, uh, Chris's situation figured out, we're talking on the side. Let's just yeah. start chatting about uh, what's happening in the market, Andy. What are you seeing that things changed? You know, later on, I have July stats that I'm going to quiz you on. I think uh, some things are going to kind of shock you. But anyways, what are you seeing? Well, we are we are seeing showings are definitely slower. The market is showing signs of normalizing for sure. Um, and, and all those creeps that are online looking for the numbers showing down numbers, they're starting to finally get reflected. Now, last month when we were in July living through it, we were talking about this and they don't report it till of course the month later because they want to make sure they have their facts straight, I'm sure. Um, but uh, the bottom line is, is that even 
you know, um, th there are some indicators that are there. And I think that, you know, things like new construction or whatever that are, that are um, the aftermath of sloppy decisions made as a business that um, were made, you know, honestly, like some of these Wall Street builders that were taking, you know, $10,000 deposits to build a $700,000 house. And these people are all contingent upon financing. Financing goes up. The interest rates scare those people. Those people that are skittish decide to get out of the bit, you know, out of the building cycle. They get all their money back. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I think some of those CEOs and and people that run those companies are, are responsible. If those stocks are crashing because of decisions that were made at a on a financial perspective, I've never had a problem. You guys getting you know minimum ten thousand dollars down, but that's on like really you know entry level builds. Most of the time we're getting five to 10% down because we don't want people to think they have an option to leave. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, the baby's on its way. We're pregnant. Let's get the nursery ready, you know, work as a team and make a plan. I think with that, Andy, I think I've caught on. I don't know. My power just went off. It's crazy in my office. But anyways, um, the, oh, hey, uh, Chris, you should unplug your crock pots behind you. My what? Your crock pots with all the meatballs and all the, uh, Getting towards football season, don't you have oh, all your snacks on the ready? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nacho cheese. Hey, my football time. My, my football season has changed now. Yeah. I only follow Nick's. So smart. He's yeah. a winner. But I it, follow him too. Yeah, they. Uh, but I was going to say about the builders, and that that became a competition thing because all the other people started doing it and made it so simple to just jump in and just hang in there and hey, maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't do it. And yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, you gotta, if we make a commitment to you, you make a commitment to us and we move forward. But that's what it was in the, in yep. the jungle of trying to get the most uh, deals done. And that's what they did. So it was more about signed contracts than the validity of those contracts. Well, and, and let me throw this out there. I've, I've been talking with a lot of people because I want to know what their feelings are as well. And I don't, I don't feed them a question. I actually say, Hey, how is your world going right now? You know I mean? What's happening? And I've heard a couple of builders say that intentionally they're holding back on orders because they want to see what will happen with pricing. They're hoping for a reset on pricing with labor. They're hoping for a reset on pricing with things like lumber. Lumber was not getting the demand that they had. They've actually caught up at the mills. And so all of a sudden, weird, lumber comes way down. And so now they're trying to, I mean, I actually, one of the builders I work with uh, right before the parade now retracted um their pricing from the spring and they're back to last year's pricing which in my opinion is still high but it was because of some of these commodity spikes or i call them legs on the market that lifted up too high the legs got chopped off the, the value came back down and now and rates too rates have come back down i'm seeing a lot of people now coming back out to model homes i'm seeing open houses actually getting busy again we yeah. went through a lull i call it the hangover the hangover we're kind of on the other side of it where if you have a good job and you still want a 4.9% interest rate on a brand new house and prices just came down and you save 50 grand instead of writing it this winter, you wrote it this summer. Hey, God bless America, man. It's a yeah. good time. Hey, Chris, can I just hear your final thoughts on the student loan thing? Because uh, I think you got cut off when you were giving your spiel on it. We heard Andy's. Andy's does, doesn't think it's going to really. Uh... It was the government that did it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think. I think if it doesn't affect the payments, it's not going to be a big deal as far as um, somebody getting into a house. And I think it could have the possible effect of maybe hurting the economy and thus 
affecting our housing market. So I just don't, I think a lot of people that have student loans have a lot more than $10,000. I don't know what the last story was. I don't even know if it's going to happen, but um, it's just, it's kind of one of those things that I never believe anything until it happens. And so <laughs> trying to, hey, trying man, to deal with it. They're, they're looking for votes. That's, I get it. You know, and it, it is a big problem, but the problem isn't at a forgiveness level because that means that it's okay that you're an idiot. Um, it should be at the beginning before you sign on. They should make you take a class before you go to college that teaches you all about debt and that you understand the ramifications of you getting a degree that won't sustain itself or pay for your debts that you're incurring. That's the that's where the the I think the failure is. How about you stop teaching high school kids how to sign a lease or how to buy a house or how to open a checking account? I mean, come on, guys. That's where it needs to be spent. Spend the money there and watch the next generation of kids growing up. They probably won't have debt. They might go to community college for two years and go to tech school. And are, become a Are they not tech. doing that? They've cut way back on all those programs because they don't want people to feel bad that are economically burdened with, you know, lifestyle situations that are different than others. I mean, God forbid. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get political. I'm trying to help people. I mean, I literally, like when I went to a classroom last, uh, I don't know, it was a couple months back, and I talked with kids. Kids are wicked smart. They're wicked competitive. They want to be successful. They want to be homeowners. They want to be debt-free. They get it. They're just not really being equipped to do it. You know? I mean, in reality, how many of the, the textbooks did you study, Chris, when you were in high school or college, did you reference on a regular basis other than your math and your accounting? And you know what I mean? A lot of that stuff, unless you're a scientist or, you know, an actual accountant or whatever, a lot of those specific degrees, that that broad degree, lets you have conversations at a party. It doesn't necessarily support your family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. We used to have a cl class called Personal Applied Math. And that yep. was, you know, uh, doing a checkbook, learning how to write a check and insurance. And, and then as I got yep. into real estate and later, this class was still there. And I actually taught the real estate section of it. And it was really interesting in watching these kids as we were getting down to the um, towards the end of when that class stopped being taken. But these these kids were very interested in it, never knew, had no clue. Um, I remember towards the end, it was during like around 2012, and we were going through all the foreclosure stuff. And it was affecting a lot of those kids, and they didn't know what was happening. They thought they'd maybe get kicked out of their house um, tomorrow. And so explaining how that whole process worked. And I think you're seeing kids being a lot um, that went through that before uh, with their parents. And now they're purchasing just being a lot, um, a, a lot more, hey, I'm, I'm not going to overspend my boundaries here. And I'm going to try to keep a house so I don't, I don't lose the darn thing. But yeah, I totally agree with you, Andy, that they, it is amazing. I mean, but now there's apps that do everything for you. So it's just crazy. Yeah, I, 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 um, I've, I've said that over the years, too. I said that to my kids. I've said it, whatever. And I go, what's really cool about digital is everything happens really fast. It's always at your fingertips. But I go, what ha what honestly happens if something like, oh, I don't know, uh, an attack happens and next time they attack your power grid? And now nobody can charge their cell phones because they realize that without a cell phone, everybody's kind of a, you know, third grade educated individual because we rely on our phone so much. Andy. How about north, south, east, west in directions? Nobody knows that. I, I, I've got GPS. I don't need to learn that. Exactly. I got an app that, that puts me in there. And that's just, that's that's scary. I've always told my yeah. kids, I mean, you got to know which direction is what. I mean, you got to know where that freaking yeah. sun is too. 
So that's survival stuff. But I, you know, what's interesting is when we give people directions, I'm like, you know, go to the top of the hill, turn right on County Road Six, go to the bottom of the hill. There's three silos right together. Take a right. That's Betsy Ross. And people are like, what do you mean three silos? And I'm like, they don't use any visual correspondence at all. And I'm like, I'm not like being so like, you stop at Bill's lemonade stand and ask Bill for directions. I'm saying there's three silos. You know what a silo is? <laughs> and they're together. And it looks like three silos as you drive up on your one side. And it's funny how people just that doesn't comprehend. You, you do realize there is no apps on Naked and Afraid. You can't have that. Yeah. So if, if you're going to be in that, it's just saying. Oh. I would never do that show, by the way. I watched it again last night, four episodes. I'm like, it's just like it's it's a torture show. I just look at these people. Yeah. I go, what are you doing? Are I don't you, know. Yeah, because I agree. I don't think that those people are like. I don't think of them as being tough as much as they are just crazy. Like they can sit there and let bugs just bite their faces as they're trying to sleep. You know, probably for it's crazy for the internet for their new TikTok videos they're going to use. Anyways, so did you answer? Did we answer your question, Nick? Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's good. I like good information. I definitely think um, maybe throw kids more into the fire. I love when I go to a new city. If I don't have a SIM card, I'm totally, you know, lost without the maps and the, the, the speaking, the language. But you learn how to do it after a while, and then um, it's a skill you build. So I think they should definitely do more in high school, especially the financing stuff, 100%. Well, or how about this? You know, and, and Chris kind of going on with this. Instead of just giving something where there's no appreciation, people forget about it. Why don't you say this? We'll let you write off an extra $5,000 a year against your taxes and then you can pay if you are and you have to show proof that you paid that towards your debt and we'll forgive it on your personal income taxes. So we got people that are working and yeah, you're oh, responsible. Weird. They want that kind of money. I don't know about you guys. Weird accountability. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. When you, when, you, when you talk about kids nowadays, they are. They're much more educated than we ever were um, yeah. because they've had the Internet and they can study it. But. Uh, one of Nick's uh, buddies, um, and I, I listened to it on your podcast, Nick, but uh, was Zach Rapinski and how he talked about credit. I mean, here's a, what, 26-year-old kid that I was like, I was like wow. I, I mean, I didn't know that, but learning how to make your credit better and what credit cards to even take and how they, um, how much you should put on your credit cards and how to get the top score and what what's involved with your credit score. I mean, so there's... there. There's, I think they're getting into it, but I think they have to get it. They had to go get it themselves, and now they're trying to teach their other guys. Is that kind of what's going on? That's what it feels like. Yeah, me mentorships are huge now, networking and, and so oh. forth. We're learning a lot more outside of school than and in school. Hey, let's uh, move on to this next segment, though. It was a great conversation. It's going to be brought to you by uh, Rooney, Chris Rooney Home Experts, and it's going to be a little pop quiz about July stats in Minnesota in 2022. Ready? I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I All right, here we go. So here's the rules. 
I'm going to say something. I'm going to say more or less. And then you guys have to say you think more or less. And preferably, you don't just copy each other's answers. So then I will show you after I do three of them uh, what the correct answers are. And then there's some more stuff later on. So the first wow. more or less is uh, the median sale price in Minnesota in July 2022, $350,000. More or less? More. More. Okay. Next one, number of homes sold in July 2022, 7,000 homes. Just right. I'm going to say isn't more. About, more. Isn't it about 50,000, 50, 60,000? So it's real close. Maybe a little bit more. Okay, the last one. Median days on market, 14. 14, I'd say right on. Maybe a little bit higher. More. Okay. Here we go. I went with more on all three, just so you know. You guys are wrong on the first one. Oh. Wow, okay. that's interesting. It says plus plus 4% year over year. That Oh, you know why, Chris? Oh, seven. That, it's Minnesota, not Minneapolis. Minneapolis 7%. is like 409. Oh, it's the, the yeah. old Minnesota. Okay. Old state. That's okay. That's fair. You know, details don't matter. It's okay. I mean, I, I think we're talking Albania real estate again here or something. Uh, welcome to Poland, where Poland numbers are different based on your question. Okay, so what? number of homes sold? It was more. 7,000. Andy was wrong. I, I thought that was about right on. Look at that. Seven, almost 18% less. I was close. The last one, one out of three. Boy, I'm your guy. Boy, is that crazy? This all this is saying is there's just less people in the market, is all. That's all this is telling us. I mean, because things are still selling real quick. Um, the medium home price is is was that down or up? It was up, still up seven percent. The only thing that was down was the number of sold homes. Yeah. It's okay. Less pit buyers. That's it. All right. So Wait, next the market's not crashing, Chris. What? <laughs> nope. Oh, nope. interesting. You were here first. Nope, exactly. All right, so this next thing is um, top 10 metros in Minnesota with the fastest growing sales price. So there's 10 cities here, and I think each one of you should name three and don't say the same ones, and then we'll look at all 10 and go over these statistics. Sale price, you said? Top 10 metros in Minnesota with the fastest growing sales price. Okay, I got my three. Okay. Chris, do you have yours? Chris, do you have yours? Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to start with Lakeville. I'm going to take your side. Stay on your side. I'm going to take Blaine and I'm going to take Woodbury. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to take Lakeville and I'm going to go with this is sale prices. Yeah. I'll go with. Lakeville, Minnetonka, and Prior Lake. I'm surprised Andy didn't say the, the number one one. Sam Lake, wow. Oh, look at I got one of them. Prior Lake, I was close. Why is that a Minnetonka? Where's Lakeville? Oh, Lakeville's Chris, nowhere. We didn't, get, we didn't get any of them. I got Blaine. I, I got Prior Lake. Look at that, top three. I want to know where he gets these quizzes because – I, I'm like, I always think like new construction generally 
wherever the most new construction is, is where the most appreciation is happening. I have a question. I have a thing. I, I'm going to answer that question, Andrew. Why yeah. these, why number two and three uh, are, are so much higher? What do they have? Water. Water. Exactly. And how about Ham Lake? I don't know Ham Lake at all. There's a big ham-shaped lake in the middle of it, but there mostly is. it's acreage, um, but really nice properties. That's that's kind of where if you, you want to live in Blaine area, you know, a lot of people go to Ham Lake and buy two, three acres, build their million-dollar house. So it's more acreage type. Yeah, yep. More more palatial, spread out, big, beautiful ramblers. You know, some two stories too, you know, but. Cool. It's almost like, hey, we can push it just a little out, get a better value, but in doing that, we – the prices have shifted now because it's the Blaine people kind of moving out there and kind of pushing it up. Well, I remember it wasn't even three years ago. We were looking at lots up there that were 110, 115,000. Now they're 350 for the same size lot. Wow. It's, it's like doubled. It's ridiculous. Anyway. I think that's like going to change a little. I think the lot prices are going to come down a little. Something's got to, something's got to come down. It will. All right, guys, we got one more about the, the Minnesota housing supply. So I'm going to do more or less. Um, there's three things here. Okay. Remember, this is Minnesota. Number of homes for sale, 20,000. More or less. I'm going to go with less. Less. Number of newly listed homes, 8,000. I'm going to go higher. Yeah, I'm going to go higher, too, just because I think that there's more coming on. At least I feel it. I'll tell you that. Months of supply, three. Less. Less. Okay, here we go. So it is under 20,000. We were right. We were right on more than 8,000. It's Oh, it's at two months supply, Andy. Oh, wow. like you said, you Like you said, it is Minnesota. In general, so that that changes a little things. I mean, it's not not the metro, um, which is I think still at I think it's a month and a half now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's moving up, but again, what do you what do you say? A balance market is kind of in that five to six months. Yeah, six months is considered it is when we shift over to a a buyer's market. Yeah. So it's still a seller extreme seller's market. It's just it's normalizing again. I use the word normalizing because I love it. It's we're just getting kind of back to a normal market. We're not, we're not crashing. Right. It's not like we're also in that 12 months of inventory on the market and houses fell in half and everybody's losing their house to foreclosure. We're not there. We're not even close. I've, it's kind of funny too. I'm, I'm hearing buyers say, well, let's just wait. I think it's going to come down and the market's coming down. All of a sudden someone swipes that listing from them and it's gone. And then I'm like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not, especially in the upper bracket market. It's uh, it's only if people are getting scared and giving stuff away. It, I mean, obviously things aren't priced right. You know, that's that's always been that way. You can't just overprice it. But if you if you price it right, um, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna sell and it's gonna move pretty fast. Well, you know, and I also think, Chris, it's our job as real estate agents to take into account not only the city, but here here's there's there's a whole level that I don't think a lot of agents dig down to. Like, okay, not only am I selling a two-story mm -hmm. on a normal city lot, but now what's the age of the two story? How many square feet is the foundation, you know, versus the whole house? Um, and you start digging deeper and then you can get days on market for a 4,000 square foot city lot, two story in that zip code. What's the absorption rate? It might be six months. So you can better prepare your clients. 
The other thing you really have to take a look at now more so now than last year was what is my current competition? Because the buyers come to market and they want a property. They they have a very fair, more than fair, actually fantastic interest rates are still great. You know, they're right around that 5%, sometimes a little under, sometimes a little more, but right around that 5%. And that's still historically a very good rate. And so when the buyers are hitting the market, they're buying and they're, they're, they want to close. So what I would say is shopping your competition is almost more important what's active than than in what is you know really recently sold. But you always have to keep your eye on the solds because things have to appraise. And so that is a negotiating technique that Chris and I pointed out a couple of years ago that some of these agents will use where they will literally take and overprice a house. They'll bid high knowing it won't appraise. And then they want to renegotiate when the appraisal comes in lower. But right now, things are still appraising at a very fair um, rate. And appraisers have enough time to put in their real research on these appraisals. And so there's, they're kind of cutting through the fat. There's no more, like I say, again, the legs on the market where the, the 50,000 over for no reason, you're not listing up here. You're still listing down here. You're just not going to get that extra 50,000. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, um, I think it's really interesting when you're pricing homes and trying to go on a market from an agent perspective or from a seller perspective yeah. and looking at the market, what market do we really look at that sold? Because there was markets like that, Andy, that, you talked about that maybe someone did pay 50,000 more because they wanted a house. They needed to get into something and they wanted to be in that area and they didn't want to wait any longer. And so they, they, they pushed that market. So us looking now at um, comp solds is like, how far do you really go back? And if you go back further, so say in your neighborhood, let's just say in your neighborhood, you've got uh, the houses are all um, you, you compare to one that's 550. Okay. And there is other houses in your neighborhood that now are kind of on the market that are going for like five, 525. Well, th maybe this sold four months ago. And in reality, when it sold, it's when it went off the market. When it went off the market is what the market was at the time. So it's really not like, hey, this would have closed July. It really would have sold in May. And May was a really hot time. So you kind of have to look at that. When, when you're kind of going through your house and saying, you know what, that's one that went like in two days, it had multiple offers and it went for 50,000 more. It's probably not quite worth that anymore. <laughs> so we have to kind of take this comp and move it down. And so now it's like, you know what, even though you compared to that house at 550, it's really, we're probably at five and a quarter that we have to go. So, yeah. True. Hi. This is Andy Prasky. I'm on the screen by myself. What are we doing? <laughs> you look so cute. <laughs> oh, this, oh, this is my commercial. Yes. Oh, hey, hey, do you want to know what your home is worth? I want Chris on the side so he can laugh at me while I'm doing this. Yeah, bring me in because this is always fun. Whoa. Hey. Oh, what is this? This is this is my what is my home worth sign? Do you want to know what your home is worth? I'm Andy Prasky. Licensed real estate agent at REMAX Advantage Plus and part of the preferred home team. We list houses. We sell houses. We buy houses. We buy land. We build houses, new construction, um, whatever you're looking for. We also develop land. We have some, uh, if you're looking to retire and sell that farm and get it developed, give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Put all of our experience to work for you, Andy Prasky, uh, REMAX Advantage Plus. And you can email me, Andy at Prasky.com or call us 763-433-433. Um, 0850. Hey, Andy, how many team members and what part of the Metro do you cover? 
Um, everybody quit my team, so I'm down to me. And um, the, no, we, I think we have like 11. Okay, but you actually have 12 because I've got a guy coming up from Colorado joining the team. I'm really excited about too. So he's bringing a whole new perspective right out of the Denver market there, where he's up in uh, in uh, what is it, Boulder? Is he bringing supplies as well? Yeah. No. <laughs> on, please. It's a whole new perspective because you're not going to be able to see straight. All of our sales meetings are like, hey, man, <laughs> let's get motivated, man. But do you guys cover the whole metro then? Uh, pretty close, yeah. Was, I mean, I would say we don't go into Chris Rooney country because we know it's dangerous there. Right. But other than Chris Rooney country, we cover it. How about uh, How about Wisconsin? Um, yes, we actually have two agents on our team that are licensed in Western uh, Wisconsin. I say, um, we just we it's been great. Yeah, is that Sold what you a call couple them, bars? Yeah, well, you yeah, Pedersen. Yep, yep, Nathaniel. Yeah, I I know I've sent a few uh, deals to the Pedersons. I apologize. So. What was that? I apologize for nothing. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, are you wait? I'll, co I'll come down. Almost there. <laughs> Woo. Are you here for the conference? I knew it. You're a realtor. I could tell you got that look. I'm a realtor too. I'm in a town called Buford, Wyoming. You ever hear of it? No. It's a thriving metropolis. About a thousand people. Well, actually 998. There's a car accident last week. If you have any people that are looking to relocate to that area, you want to refer some business to me? Could be a cool 10% your way. This is my business card. Office address is different because that building burnt down. Shoot business my way. Top agent. I'm the only agent. Would love to work with you on some referral business. All right? Take it easy, brother. That was good timing on the referral. The referral. Yeah. Part of it. Boy, that's what you do hit those conferences. You get a lot of that. I get a lot of um, little letters in the mail that say, hey, if you've got a if you've got a referral for Timbuktu, Wyoming, I'm I'm your guy, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's good, but it's uh well you know i one of the cool things and i not to brag about remax because they don't pay us for this we pay them to carry the signs but um remax does have a great um you know ability for us as agents here in minneapolis let's say you're moving to timbuktu and we can actually pull up and see the agents we can see the volume that they do what their track record is um we can actually screen agents ahead of time so like let's say you go there and you say hey i want to work with i want to interview three agents Set up a coffee shop. You got 10 to 1030, 1030 to 11, 11, Invest an hour and a half to see if there's somebody there that's a good fit for you before you just go into a city and just meet somebody at an open house or, you know, click on somebody on Zillow. Um, no offense to anybody that is getting clicked on, but um, yeah, no. it, it generally they're there because they need the business. And so they're buying the business. They're not earning it. And if you want to earn business, we've got a way to help you. I know Chris and I both do that quite frequently. Um, it's nice. Yeah, it's the other thing is I think what people do is that if they don't understand something, it's like that agent can call us and then we can explain it to them, you know, and mm -hmm. how it because a, a lot of real estate within the United States doesn't quite work like Minnesota. You know, there's some that you have to do all the inspections ahead of time and then you, yeah. you know, you, you clean it up in Minnesota, you negotiate, get that done, and then there's inspection after the fact. How yes. we close on properties, you know, you close an escrow in some places. Here, typically. Hey, by the way, are you getting people back in the closing room? I've had it twice now. You know, as funny as last night, I, I just had a walkthrough last night where the buyers wanted to meet the sellers and they had yeah. some, you know, um, insurance work being done. And it just was a great feel good. It was 
You know, everybody was and, – and, and that doesn't always happen because I've seen people have deals blow up over a lawnmower. Don't get me wrong. You want 200 that's only worth 100 and all of a sudden you lose a $700,000 sale over a stupid lawnmower. So I'm always the one that says, let's do real estate first, and then we'll do the wheeling and dealing later. And they all laugh at that, and then they do it behind my back, which is perfect because I don't want to be part of it. I don't get paid to do anything that's personal property. But like last night, it was really kind of neat because we were in a situation where – the buyers had a tough situation with one of, of their sale of their house. Our buyer was, or our seller was empathetic to that and said, Hey, you know, let's work it out. And it, it just felt good. You know what I mean? Everybody was trying to get the, the job done together versus just, but that is rare. That's rare. rare. That's yeah. rare. And that, and that's, that's sometimes the position that people get put in that make it kind of tough too. So all of a sudden I have a problem with the one I'm buying. It has nothing to do with you buying my property, but now you feel bad in which to, you know, let me in. And sometimes it just gets, it can get ugly. So I'm, I'm glad that it worked out for you and things are falling all over the place here. So I didn't know I had all these, I get all these little things. They're so nice. Nice. They always say keep it true. Why they ask me to change? Why they ask me to change? See, I'm fire. He's, See, uh, I'm too old for some of these. I look at this and go, "What is he going to hurt himself?" <laughs> I think uh, what they're okay. saying is that how you describe a property, and oh. I think that's interesting. I was talking about that uh, yesterday to someone. That what happens? Um, we were going over comps, and I said, "With that house, because I'd been in it, with that house, that the the photos were not real. They looked really good." And then once you got inside, you were been depressed. So they got it really cleaned up good. And there's a certain um, scent throughout the house as well that that's uh, not good. But what it does is that if you don't depict what you're going into, it's going to be very disappointed when they get there. Because a lot of people kind of almost decide based on photos and internet if they're going to like this place or not. And then if you bring them into something and really let them down, that's going to totally hurt your sale. And so you can't, there's sometimes pictures can just really like uh, help you get people in, but it can totally ruin you when they get there. So you got to be a little careful on that stuff. Very true. Won't doctor them up too bad. Hey, so, well, you know, and I think, don't you agree? I mean, the buyers that are out there right now, I've, I've never seen a group of buyers that want things completed and like move in ready more now than ever. I mean, it's seems like you're better off spending a little money to get that carpet replaced, paint the house, Get the garden, like we always remember, Chris used to call the, the laundry room like the scary room with all the cobwebs. Get the cobwebs out of there. It's not a haunted house. You know what I mean? Clean those rafters, clean up the dust everywhere. Back, throw a vacuum behind the furnace where the kids' toys are and the dust bunnies are. And you know what I mean? And get that house looking spick and span. And and then, yep. then you'll be much better positioned for success, I think, in today's market. Totally. The meme was, and Chris, you kind of got it. He was a, a rapper, and he was writing fire. Like, that means good. And it's the same basic, oh, cozy, rustic, and, you know, but he's he's making it seem like this place is so amazing when it's another basic home, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So. And that's what and that's what people do, do. I, I get a kick out of some of the, the descriptions of, you know, people talk in third person and, like they they are the house, you know. Come and come into my bedroom and and sleep on me, you know. And, wow. Whoa! I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it is. They, it's isn't that, it's isn't, that isn't that your tattoo, Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker. Isn't that, isn't that your tramp stamp on the back? 
<laughs> oh my god. I'm cushy like a pillow. <laughs> okay, guess what? My student loans are getting paid off. I thought you said you were a top producer. <laughs> what is this? I don't know if I get this one. Oh, that's funny. It's a oh. it's a famous meme of a guy flirting with a girl and uh he was saying that he was a top producer, you know, he's the man, but he still had student loans he's paying off and now they're forgiven, right? Yeah, that's good. That's, I, I'll tell you what, that that is real estate explained in a second. Everyone's the top producer, but I think nowadays you can, you can really kind of spot people out now. I mean, there's so many ways in which to find out if someone does sell a house or don't sell a house. So it's, uh, it's hard to uh, joke about it or lie about it anymore. Yeah. In the old days, you could do anything. The only people that knew were the people in your office. And you could go tell anybody anything and how great you were and that yeah. brand new car you were driving that you owed more than it was worth. And gosh, I remember those days well. Yeah, it was e a lot more ego involved. And now it's more information driven. And I think that's the the key is, is that it's it's a industry that is, you know, still thriving on being information providers, even though you think all the information in the world's out there. The one app they can't, you know, duplicate is experience and, uh, you know, actually having experience in the market you're looking or, you know, having a buyer situation like you have with your kind of financing or, you know what I mean? And so it, it's a uh, definitely a, I, I think, you know, agents are being appreciated more, but it's important for the agents to show the value too, though. What are you doing, you know, that is, is up and beyond? What are you doing that helps that client feel comfortable and, and making sure they're making the right choices? What safety nets are you putting down for them to make sure they're doing things correctly? And you got to think about that stuff. You can't just get your license and say, hey, I'm going to do this, you know. Well, you could, but. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got a great segment here, especially for anyone in the industry watching. It's going to be called Sell This. And I'm going to do two different homes, and I did them in your guys' area, so there would be no complaining and, and so forth. Uh, the first one, we'll do um, Andy. It's going to be this in one here's from Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> from South Poland. West, South po West Poland. West Poland. It's real nice there. I'm getting South Poland. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically, Andy, you're just gonna sell us this property, like you're the agent, the listing agent. Um, I don't have my Lowlander T-shirt yet, so I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pausing. In, all right, it's in Lino Lakes. I'm gonna take. I'll leave you, Chris, on the screen with you, but just you, Andy. That talks. Okay. okay. Dang, that's a nice house. I know exactly who built it. So, um, the uh, that is, that is a beautiful house. Um. 4,400. Uh, and, and I'm supposed to sell you on this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Centennial School is one of the most sought after school districts. Um, a fantastic neighborhood over here. Beautiful homes, you know, and, and that's right in kind of the medium price of uh, what you're going to see over there. You're going to see houses from the, you know, anywhere from probably high sixes up to a million three. Um, beautiful uh, house. Um and uh, I, I like Ramblers. I think that, you know, that is a nice Rambler, but it does have the five bedrooms, which means, you know, you kind of get that almost empty nester. The kids are in junior high, high school. Mom and dad can move in here, finish out the uh, the local careers before they go up to college. And then you could stay there as long as you wanted to. It's a, it's a great area. I actually, I like that price on that house, actually. I think it's very fair. Um, in today's market, though, sometimes getting just a little under for example, um, you get into that, you know, seven ninety nine, and you might have multiple offers and and get somebody fighting over it. Um, 
I mean, that's a lot of, to me, that's a lot of square footage for a newer construction like that in a good neighborhood, it looks like. You couldn't duplicate it for that, for sure. No, yeah. So it kind of would compete with a new construction, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, see a lot of the interior pictures to really sell you on that, too. But um, I'm assuming it has, what's cool about, like, one-level houses, you guys, and, and this is just my opinion, you can have multiple ceiling textures going on at the same time, right? So you can have a vault. You could have a pan vault. You could have a tray vault. You could have a flat ceiling. You could have a... You know, um, like they see the entryway there. Um, look at the ceiling. So they do a box ceiling right there. It's really nice. Um, cool windows. Nice setup. Probably would have carried the hardwood floor through the, the family room. Um, nice house. It's very nice. Yeah, the, this, this particular builder now, just to be completely transparent and honest on this, a lot of times we'll use vinyl and bathrooms and stuff. And so... I'm not a huge fan of that when you get into this price range, but some people prefer. Now, Chris, this is what's crazy. So now it comes down to consumer preference. I want my toes to be warm. So they either want the luxury vinyl tile or they want to have a linoleum. And I'm I'm just like, oh, you can't put linoleum into a house in the 800s. It's crazy. You should need tile. Well, consumers want warm toes. So, you know, they don't want to put wood in there. So it's like, what do you do? So you sometimes have to listen to your consumer um, you know, countertops, the cultured marbles and stuff like that are also used in that property, I believe, in the bathrooms, which is okay. Um, I, I I think for a couple thousand bucks more for the whole house, I would do a funky quartz or do some granites. But other than that, the square footage, I mean, my God, you know. I, I think in that house, you're just going to have to justify that the house is a lot more than what that lot maybe is. It's in probably in a good neighborhood, but it looked like, I mean, you're having a barbecue with everyone every night. They're real tight and yeah. backs up to each other. You know, lots in that area are 150 to 175 right now for that area. You know, so it's it's definitely a. Uh, um, you, couldn't, you couldn't build that for under a million. No way. No, no, Chance. probably not anymore. No way. No. So. And I actually know that builder because he used to compete against him all the time on that exact floor plan. Mm. So it's actually a great floor plan. Yeah. That looked good. Really nice. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sell it. All right. Well, I think if you're uh, squares, this place is for you. We're in Chanhassen. I don't know. I don't I, I think that's uh Eastern Carver School District. So you're not not in uh, Minnetonka, but obviously this is gonna be for a more uh, contemporary uh type buyer. But I think what's happening, if you can show me some of the pictures inside, I haven't seen this one, but I kind of I never used to like this kind of home. Now I'm kind of really like I'm into it, but just because it's, it's different. Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, um, just yeah, give me a little more so I can just okay. Super contemporary, clean, 2016, simplistic. Yeah. yeah, I think I would try to talk these people into, you know, that this house is a little bigger than what it, it probably shows right now. They're trying to make it cozy with those rugs and stuff. Um, smaller kitchen, all the windows. That's a that's a contemporary flair. I like that window the, on top of the cabinets. Yeah, I'm sure a concern for someone would be in. We could see the other house across the street. Um, it's probably an older neighborhood, so it was a teardown. So you're kind of you're getting a wooded lot, but yet you're you're going to be with a lot of uh, other homes that probably don't uh, share the same architectural style as you do here. But for under seven hundred thousand to be able to have a house like this, um, it's uh, exciting. I don't know if I see a basement. If that's a basement or if it's a slab on grade. Um, 
My just for the record, my house was seventy-five dollars a square foot lower. Yours is seventy-five. Yeah, so twenty-six thirty. But to me, okay, look at that. We're close to the the parks. Um, to me, square footage is it's it's what you put in it and how you use it. And so, I mean, you got he had forty-four hundred square feet. I've got twenty-six hundred. But it's like, what is it that you want? Do you want um, more of the upgrades and design style? Or do you want um, just more square footage with vinyl flooring? Look at mine. Right. I got, I actually got tile in my house, Andy. Yeah. But I think there's some things that I would, you know, there's there is some, to me, a contemporary house is more of a, a clean lines and, and not furry and fuzzy. And they they put a lot of rugs in there. And so I think I would I would have that kind of stuff out to be able to to attract the right uh, buyer. But my buyer's going to have to be pretty uh, open uh, to a style and willing to pay more per square foot to be able to get that. But you're in an existing neighborhood; it's very wooded. Looks like you had room in which to be able to add on as well. So, well, you know, and I don't I don't think that that house is necessarily contemporary. Usually, does add another fifty sixty bucks a square foot, but. What's interesting is that house probably doesn't have a finished basement based on 2600. That seems like a, a I don't think it has any basement. I don't think right. it has any basement. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. So it doesn't have on grade. Slab on grade then there you go. But I, I was hoping it had a basement that would help me justify the the 266 a square foot, but like you said, you know, you're right. I mean it it, it is a what did you put in it? Do you have, you know, super cool $50,000 cabinets or do you have $10,000 cabinets that are boxes, you know? You got it. And that's a good little little spot too. Great job! That was fun. That was exciting. That was on the we. Neither of us had any idea what was coming up on those. Just so you know, I think that was pretty obvious, Chris. <laughs> like, what is that? Why am I? Everybody at home's like, oh, they got him again. I actually like those kind of homes, though. One day I will have one, something like that. Yeah. What are uh, some the, other nonsensical common home staging techniques techniques that you have observed? Okay, so there's they're basically asking what are some things that people do that you don't really have to do? Setting setting the tables. That that to me, I think, is is kind of silly and gone away. I was just in a house yesterday that they had not only the, the main table set, but they had the outside, you know, picnic table set up too. And I think that's just a little too much. You know, you don't have to set up your table and like you're going to have dinner. Right. Yeah. Nonsensical. I had to Google it. Sorry. Okay. Um, means it makes no sense. Okay. So, right. Yeah. I mean, the you, well, you know, in our houses, though, a lot of the, the um, uh, when you live there, the shampoos there, the soaps are there, the whatevers, the flowers are there. That's nice. Nice touches. Um, and I think that though, a lot of times, like Chris was saying, just with the dining sets, don't need it. Um, I also think like a lot of times when they do like in the, you know, towels are a nice touch because it pulls some color into the bathrooms, but I don't know, I guess you could go without it, you know, let somebody else visualize it. But sometimes they throw towels in and they'll throw little plants everywhere just to warm it up and make it feel a little more human. Um, in how, about the house. The, how about the tray on the bed? Like you're getting breakfast served in bed. That does not. That's a fairy tale. That's <laughs> exactly. a unicorn, Chris. Yeah, but that. But people will do that. You'll see that a lot in model homes. But I think I think they do it in model homes so no one jumps on the fake bed and wrecks it like it's happened to Andy before. Yeah, remember that one kid? That yes. <laughs> that was one of the the best days of my life. 
Yeah. I, I, I can't tell you. I've never, you know how you belly laugh where you're literally like your stomach hurts? I, I was belly laughing after that. That kid was just such a weasel. Yeah. And just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I think the other thing when it, when it comes to staging, though, is trying to depict how those people are going to live in the house. And that's not what you want to do. You want your staging to accentuate the house, but not take over your house. Mm -hmm. And I think those kind of things take over it. So I'm looking at what kind of china they have versus what kind of um, stone they have on the fireplace. I mean, that's what you want to be able to look at because the people all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's the ugliest China in the world. I can't stand it. And they, they don't like the house because of it. Remember, and Andy, how many times has this happened? Hey, remember that house with the ugly China? That's how they remember the house. And so you can't you can't do that. So you want them to remember, hey, remember that house with the gorgeous view or that practical whatever or that really usable. Yeah, right, exactly. One with the beautiful fireplace in the backyard that overlooked um Como Park, whatever. Yes. So do you like my, my son? Because this way, Which one? People, no, the son that comes on my face that uh, people can kind of figure out where I'm at and what. What time of the day, not. which direction you're sitting? Oh, it's totally millennials will know that for sure. Are you facing South? <laughs> Just saying. Are you facing South? Hey, I have um, <laughs> another good segment. Uh, what I wish I knew about uh, home ownership before buying. And there's a huge thread, and uh, I think I'm going to save it for next week because it's going to take more than five minutes. So instead, uh, what do you guys got uh, coming up here? Well, I'll tell you, Nick, I got a lot of good um, listings coming up. I mean, I, I really do. I got one I just put on. Um, it was actually uh, a person who purchased um, something. To, they needed something when they came to town, grabbed something, wasn't maybe uh, didn't fit all of their needs, but it's a really nice place. And so they grabbed it. Now we're putting it back on the market. That's always interesting, ain't it, Andy? After something sold maybe three, four months ago and then going to sell it again. Yeah. Um, so, but it's a beautiful, beautiful townhouse. And, um, but I get a lot of, a lot of different stuff coming on the market and a lot of people um, preparing for the fall market. You well, aren't, aren't you also, don't you have one of the dream homes in the parade? Yeah, yeah, we got the dream home. We got the dream home in Reverence, and it's a client of ours that uh, built it, and they're allowing us to use it uh, for the parade. So it'll be just open during the parade of homes. Sure. But it's something that Homes by Tradition is, I mean, we've done bits and pieces of it, but not gone this far. I mean, the all the siding is black. I mean, it's got a pool. It's, it's really cool. I mean, the design, and uh, it's really cool. And then we have all the geothermal. Uh, in there, oh, so cool. that's, yeah, I think that is. Uh, you know, I was curious. Do you, you get into do you get into much of the pricing with that? I was curious to see what that house of that size would. <clears throat> yeah, on geothermal, seventy-five grand. Yeah, how much? It's seventy-five to one hundred. We're actually doing a uh, a seminar not uh, this Friday. It's it's next week. It's Wednesday, and we're going over all of that stuff. So so we can teach it. And and what you do, you find in the parade of homes. A lot of people come. It's almost like the state fair. They kind of see, hey, what's going to be available, and you know, get, kind of get ideas. And so you get a lot of those questions, yeah, um, at there. But I think we're going to have some really good opportunities to finish out our development with some nice little incentives, Andy. We never have incentives, so this might be good. I got a guy right now that not only did we do a free finished basement, he did an interest rate two one buy down 
where he's buying down their interest rate for that. And then now he's talking about if you buy one of his inventory homes, or even going to throw in landscaping, which is like $15,000. It's a, it, these builders, you guys, listen to us. It's a great time. If you want a deal, there are deals being had right now for sure. Interest rates are good. Great selection. I think what's going to change, Make proje projections will be made right now. There's going to be a shortage of housing next year in new construction because these developers, the new construct, the big boys and girls that are out there are not developing. They've pulled back on all their projects and there's going to be a lack of inventory next year. The custom home builders are going to be slammed. And I, I all things aside, economy is still going to be fine. May do a little bit of bumps here and there. I still think you're going to see consistent orders in the new construction custom side of the business because there's just going to be a lack of inventory. So those that have dirt, meaning lots, will be the ones that are going to stay busy. Everybody else is going to struggle because banks are tightening up right now too. They're all scared that, oh, this is the next big thing. It's going to, we're going to freeze. It, nope. I don't think it's there. I, I really don't. Yeah. There's some, definitely some deals on some spec homes. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, yes. specials happening during the parade of homes for um, big, big, uh, big type builders uh, on their spec homes. Well, and you know, the parade does, it's a couple weeks out here, but it is going to be, in, it's in 10, nine days. Uh, September 10th through the October 2nd. I just Googled it here. Um, and then that's Thursday through Sundays, noon to six. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. It uh, come on out and support your local economy. Beautiful. Even with the technical difficulties, I think we put on a great show today. Remember to give us a like, a thumbs up. You can write us a review on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and even Facebook. We're on YouTube. Subscribe. Look at Andy's uh, poster, and uh, everyone else have a great rest of your day. See you guys. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.